Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter. Today's episode is a replay of one of our live episodes as part of Podcasting Smarter's live episode series. And today is all about accessibility and how to make your podcast more accessible. Tune in as our head of marketing, John Kiernan, interviews DJ Durante, who speaks about how we can all make our podcast more accessible, whether it's through closed captions, personal pronouns, visual descriptions, and so much more. If you have any podcasting questions, you can reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Stay tuned, and here we go. Welcome to this edition of Podcasting Smarter. I am here with my friend DJ of Silver Fox Talks, and I'm really excited for us to uh, chat on this one. We talk about a lot of different topics on Podcasting Smarter, but in today's conversation, we're going to be talking about how to make your podcast accessible, Uh, really thinking about podcasting for all audiences, creating content that everybody can enjoy from all different walks of life here. So DJ, thank you so much for joining us today. Great, thank you so much for inviting me on the show and I'm just excited to share and talk with you. So thank you so much. Absolutely, now before we begin, I like to give our guests the opportunity to give a little bit of background about who they are and what they do. So please, um, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and tell our audience a little bit about your background. Absolutely. Well, my name is DJ and I've been a social social services most of my life. I went to college and got my bachelor's in psychology. I was in the Air Force, so that's what really helped me pay for school. Uh, love my country. So I was able to get my degree in psychology and pursue social services for over 20 years. I've worked with all kinds of mental health, disabilities, uh, individuals with various traumas and issues. And so that's really kind of what got me to where I was at on creating my own show, my own podcast about mental health, disability and trauma, and really just raising awareness and advocacy, advocating for those individuals. And then it really, I just started to realize as a content creator, how hard it was having that mindset already coming in saying, you know, I want to work and I want my, my work, my content, my creations to be accessible to everyone. I want people with um, visual impairments to be able to, you know, consume it. And I want people with uh, hearing disabilities and a hard of hearing and deaf community to be able to consume it. So how can I be inclusive when I start creating? And I found it was really, really hard, but I've been a disability navigator was uh, for a long time and, and just really working with individuals with disabilities my whole life. There was just uh, no way that I could know being a content creator now that I couldn't leave my community behind. <laughs> so that's kind of how where I ended up here making shows, uh, producing, doing remote production and, and just really creating content for everyone. Sure. And first and foremost, thank you for your service, by the way. I always want to put that out there to anyone who has served. So thank, thank you, you first and foremost Absolutely. for that. And I think when we talk about creating content, just whether it's a podcast or whether it's any kind of content, you know, I think a lot of people think that because it can be video or it can be audio, 
automatically there's already a built-in um, accessibility, right, for a lot of these platforms, especially because when we think about, you know, the podcasting medium or we think about visual mediums, uh, all of these things have different things built into them already, like automatic subtitles or uh, different things. But like you said, it's interesting to note that there's still a lot of work to be done in the what I would say is the evolution of creating more accessibility here. So we're going to dive into a bunch of different points as well. Um, the first thing I want to ask is with podcasting being a relatively new medium and with many new mediums, there's usually this period of evolution like we were just talking about and making sure that we can have access to all of them. Um, in your opinion, and with that being said, what does accessibility mean to you? That's a great question. And accessibility is one of my favorite things to talk about. It's one of my favorite things to really encourage others to consider when they're creating, my fellow creators, my fellow podcasters, my fellow streamers. So really, I try to help them and give them pointers, even in my own work and, and want to leave that impression that, hey, is your, what you're making, what you're doing, what you're creating, can someone with a visual impairment consume it? Would they be able to, their screen reader, to help them out and be able to understand uh, what you just posted or what you just published or what you just shared? Um, or for hard of hearing, um, would they be able to understand that that material that you're putting out there, all that hard work, you're leaving out a whole community. So understanding that hard of hearing or a deaf person, how would they be able to um, enjoy what you just created and made? Uh, you know, it's it, that, so accessibility really is just considering that on the forefront as well. That's just a really another important point is you don't wait till the end. You don't wait till, it, oh gosh, I'm about to publish. Now what do I do? Really something that we should consider from the beginning and the get-go and as we're creating it and throughout the process and as we're editing it and producing it and really refining it before we get it out there for the world to see, I think it's really important that we consider that is asking ourselves in our processes um, you know, is this going to be an inclusive product or episode or whatever at the end? Certainly. And I think that even podcasters who are just starting or content creators who are just starting, we often yeah. talk about ideation. We often talk about what do you want to create content about? What are you passionate about? Yes. We talk about things like that. We talk about things like album artwork, uh, podcast artwork. We talk about who is your target audience. But I think in that also, especially now when we have so many different mediums available to us, I think we can also include in what ways do I have to consider accessibility for my different audiences. I think that could even be something that content creators think about, like you're saying, right at the get-go, because we often think about the creative side, right? We often think about, okay, cool. When someone comes across my podcast, what do they want to, uh, what do I want to show them, right? If I'm doing a podcast about sports, what sport is it? Do I want a football on there? Do I want this? Like those things are, I think, cool for us to consider as a podcast uh, creator or content creator, but we don't often think about, okay, cool. Now that I have this content, how can I then get it into not just more um, eyes and ears from a promotional standpoint, but how can I really include everybody in there? I think that's a really important point to uh, to bring up just right from the get-go. How to start a podcast, yeah. uh, podcast ideation, and then what considerations do you have to think about in order to bring everybody into your environment? Yeah, and just to add to that, really, as you're in that creation, in that thoughtful stage, in that resourcing stage, it's, I mean, I always share with anyone I'm working with or coaching or helping really assisting through these 
uh, kind of creative processes. It's really about um, your software, knowing what you're using. Is it, does it have the accessibility tools and integrations in there? You have to use a third party. Do you know how to use that third party? If someone was to approach you and say, hey, I want to be on your show, your episode, and they have a great story, and maybe they're hard of hearing or visually impaired, you didn't know it, and then you're in the situation, um, you know, it just, it just leaves you in this. So get to know your software, get to know before, start planning ahead, and how is this software going to be inclusive? Can, is it going to help me create transcriptions and SRT files, right. and is it going to have captions in there so I don't have to go find a uh-ohs at the end, we're about to publish, and oh, now I'm going to upload it through some other software and then download that, get that, you know, SRT file, then upload it over here, even if they have it, or maybe you've been working on a platform that doesn't even give you that option. And now you're like, crap, I'm, you know, 20 episodes, however many episodes in, and now it's like, now you got to backtrack. So yeah, you know, as we're kind of making this move and we're learning more about accessibility, it's becoming more prevalent. It's obviously in the news, uh, you know, it's hot on the attorneys, uh, language. It's really a lot of, uh, well, we're not going to get into government or anything like that, but I've I've worked with government agencies and I can understand, you know, a lot of that other back stuff. So really as that moves into content creation, and I guess I'm thinking right with that mentality in the back of my head with somebody, I mean, do I want a lawsuit? Hell no, I do not want a lawsuit, right? Because nobody, wants my, lawsuit. nobody wants a lawsuit, right? Um, and you don't want to get to that point either. Nobody wants to be the, on the news or have, you know, they Google your business, they Google your organization and something like that comes up as a lawsuit because, you know, um, and so we want to, again, include it and consider it in the beginning as we're making our creations, what we're using already, go back and start looking at what you're using now, understand, is, you know, do you know how to use Otter or uh, Rev? Like, do you have these kind of other things ready to go do you know how to use them zoom have you started the captions do you have those yeah. sub, like whatever you're using i use restream i've used Streamyard. i've used um you know i've been on podbean so i mean i'm constantly looking to see uh you know other softwares too that really do a great job descript right for uh really processing and getting those files and and at least now you know um because it's important it's really super important so no matter what kind of content, I always encourage to know what you got and know how to use it and make sure you're using it to the best of your ability. Know those really accessibility integrations and, you know, be the best content creator you can be. <laughs> Absolutely. And it can even be something as simple as, because you brought up when you're reaching out to somebody, right? Where a lot of content creators are doing interviews or they're doing uh, hosting opportunities. There's a lot of podcasts that I know and a lot of content creators that when they send out their initial emails to people uh, to interview, once they say, hey, I'd love to do this, they ask a lot of different things like, hey, just for, for both their sake and for the best experience, hey, what kind of gear are you, are you using? Just so I know. And then Great. in that, mm -hmm. you can go ahead and include things like, are there any accessibility needs that Absolutely. we should be aware of? Get a better experience for you. And even if somebody, let's say, just has a preference, it makes it yes. that much easier for them to be comfortable. When we're creating content, we want to be able to cater to everybody. But even if it's something where you can just create a mode to where someone is just even more comfortable being in that environment, then there's so many different tools, like you said, that are available. Even with us, we had a lot of content that, you know, once we started seeing that platforms needed, uh, that there was a need 
to be Absolutely. able to create SRT and transcript files, we have that baked into Podbean now. So people who are hosted with Podbean Yay. can leverage that. So it's definitely- And, and that's great, yeah. Exactly. And it's so important. And I'm glad that companies are really understanding like, okay, this is important. We got to get our teams on this. And really, um, you said something else and it came to me while you were just talking there. Oh, options, right? Yeah. Giving your guests options. How do they want to communicate? Uh, and putting that those questions, you know, do you need any accommodations? How can I accommodate you best? If there's anything else you need, giving them that option, that blank space. Um, and, and just, again, options on how to communicate. Would you prefer this platform, this platform? And just being more flexible. That way it's just more comfortable. And again, that puts you as more of an inclusive. It's kind of, um, and it kind of puts you out there as, all right, someone that I can actually work with and um, right. they're going to understand. And then they're not going to, I guess, you know, go into that judgmental or, it's a lot of frustration. And then once that frustration builds, you know how that can be. And an interview can go a little bit south quickly. So it's really making your guests comfortable. And that's one absolute great way to make your guests super comfortable and bringing them in the onboarding process without, you know, just giving them that autonomy to share and you being receptive and listening and more of an active listener in that sense. So it's great. Absolutely. that. We're all doing that. We all should be including that kind of in those questions if we're sending out. However, we're trying to gather that information on our guests for our guest. Certainly. And now let's kind of talk a little bit about that too, because you know when we're talking about bringing somebody in, when we're talking about having somebody as part of our uh, content creation, right? Introductions have become more and more important when it comes to accessibility and inclusivity. Uh, what are some basics in regards to introducing people and what practices can we incorporate? We talked about a couple, but in your opinion, what other practices can we incorporate to make it an even more inclusive experience? Well, well one of my favorites and one that I speak a ton of, then I really try to encourage so many other creators as we're collaborating is visual descriptors, visual description of yourself, right? So if we're doing an audio podcast, talking what we appear at the setting we're in, right? So, hey, I'm DJ, I'm a Latina with olive skin, I'm a brunette, I've got silver hair that gives my name Silver Fox Talks, I have a big smile, I'm wearing red lipstick, brown eyes, and today, you know, I'm wearing a white shirt and I'm in my uh my background has positive affirmations so that right there a 10 15 second visual descriptor really just memorizing it you kind of generally don't really change in appearance too much unless you love changing your hairstyles and you know something like that but it gives that visual description of what you appear like and adds that extra sensory to your podcast uh, gives the auditory listener extra right uh information to be able to create and you're creating that environment. And that's something also that I always talk about is when you wanna create that environment, when you're really setting the set, uh, stage kind of for your show. And I think, um, you know, it's something that you want to, again, it shows how inclusive you are and it kind of opens that door to say, hey, you know, I really wanna support people with visual impairments. Here's a visual descriptor, uh, you know, and oftentimes people don't wanna share things like that, whether they have a disability or not. So it kind of just, that visual descriptor is just one of my favorites. Uh, we've had so many conversations on that, but really, honestly, my take on it is 15 seconds or less, 10 seconds. Like it doesn't change, you know, John can, you'll start practicing yours and you'll have yours down and it'll be super quick and easy. And it just, again, it enhances the experience, not only 
for uh, the listener, but it really it enhances your brand, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that also, if we think about uh, one thing that I thought of when you started talking about that was, I remember when in high school and even in college, when they were discussing like creative writing, you know, I know it's going on a little bit of a different path, but I remember they, they would say that some of the best authors in the world wouldn't just write the dog walked down the street. It would be, right. they would describe the dog. They would describe the color. They would describe the snow on the ground. They would describe you know, like what kind of environment was around them because it makes it, you know, it was a little bit different. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to paint this picture in the space and the medium that you have. If you're standing there and you have the ability to see what's going on around you, then that's great. But sometimes, like you said, you may have people that have different needs for that. And, you know, being able to take from like that literary idea of being as descriptive as possible in different mediums can be extremely helpful. And you know, I, I want to kind of put it out to our audience, too. This doesn't just have to be in your introduction episode. You don't have to just have episode one and go into these visual uh, descriptors. You can have these and you should throughout different episodes here too. And you can invite your guests if you have them to say, hey, if you want, this is something that I do. It really helps the experience. We're bringing more people into uh, being able to enjoy the content. So if you want, here's some bullet points. And I think that there's a lot of educating that uh, we can do around that as well. I love that. I mean, you, you just hit that nail on the head. And that's something that we talk about as a Toastmaster or in public speaking or storytelling or creative writing or poetry or anything. It's really is about those descriptors and really creating that setting to really give that that consumer to know where they're at and they can feel safe and they can feel comfortable and they can kind of have that orientation. Right. It really just helps create um, and I mean, it really helps with the ultimate creation of it all. And yeah, it should be in every episode. Every episode, you're wearing a different color shirt, or I may be wearing a different lipstick or whatever. Um, it, you may be in a different setting. Everyone creates differently. So whether you're changing settings, how cool is that to add? Hey, today, you know, we're uh, this episode's over here, over there. So it's just really interesting. And it really brings a lot of value, I think, to your creations, to your episodes, when you can give your your audience, that extra sensory addition. And, and again, it helps people um, enhance, right? Enhances, you don't know how they're going to really receive that information, but it, you know, it's really important, I think. And that's one of my favorites. So, and it's. And I think it can be even, even deeper too. I think if you're somebody that's using these visual descriptors, you can bake them into a lot of the content that you do. Um, even so mm-hmm. much where you are using it to help build, like we talk about, build the scene, but what you're doing also, you can, yeah. So like, for example, you were talking about the shirt. If you have a really positive message on your shirt and you notice that your guest does too, uh, I think what you can do also is you can choose to have it be as kind of technical as we're talking about, where it's like, okay, cool. Here's the block where I talk about this, or even during the show, hey, that's a great shirt. I noticed it said this, and you can bake it into kind of the storytelling side of it. And I think that there are things right up front that you can do to announce, hey, this is the setting that we're doing for here. But as you go through the episode and you're saying, oh, I'm talking to this guest, Um, I noticed that you had this in the background. There may be a a book, a picture. Yeah. And that just takes the scene of who that person is, someone listening or someone watching might go, oh, I have that book too. Or, oh, I'm interested in the same things. And it helps just 
build not just the uh, ecosystem and the environment, but it also helps you connect even more with Deeper. the host. And I think that's really important too. So it's not just a side of accessibility, but it's also right. creating even more uh, enveloping and engaging experience for your content from a creative side too. Oh yeah, and that's happens in multiple occasions. So again, that I think just going back to like, I don't know if we really talked about SRT files or those written transcripts. We're going, okay, then I better not get ahead of myself. But again, like when we talk about that, that will show up again in that conversation. Well, let's actually jump into that too, because the next okay. question I have is really going to be talking about transcripts and uh, subtitles here. So how important are subtitles for a podcast and why? It's such an open-ended question. Oh, but I, mean, I know. So why? The why are they important? Uh, again, you know, aside from accessibility, we know accessibility is very important. Uh, it should be important. It's becoming more important, more prevalent. Uh, again, like I said, so captions. Uh, listen, everyone loves, not everyone. I shouldn't even say everyone. A lot of people like captions, okay? There's multiple reasons. Uh, number one, captions kind of allow for uh the viewer to stay on longer right extend your viewership right. if you're doing like so we know that captions do that aside from being inclusive um even uh instagram now they've included automatic captions so that's yeah. great restream they recently had finally uh linkedin and they got the captions yay for captions now i will say i wish they would make it automatic instead of you having to click the button like again that right there like you have to click the button to make sure the captions start rolling through uh software instead of having that software already make it automatic and really putting it on the the person um now i will say this we want our software to be as accessible and give us as creators that option but at the same time we want the consumer to have the option too certainly so when I say things, I don't want it to be like, it should be one way because that's not, the, but I always go back to having the options. That's just the safest way. So you have the options for uh, captions um, and I prefer them automatic in the sense where they're there and you don't have to trigger them as a creator but they can be turned off if need be, and they can be adjusted, right? The caption size, the placement, stuff like that. So I think that that's important. Um, having captions and having software and then knowing, again, going back to that software, knowing if it's there, knowing how to use it when you're creating and you're selecting what you're gonna be using and you know platforms that you're gonna be really investing on, um, understanding and that they have that. And then the, so, but going back to the captions, captions are just, again, it enhances the experience. I think that we all understand that they're with the numbers the way they are, meaning in the sense of people with disabilities, people that really don't really share types of disabilities that they have. Um, and that's a whole nother conversation. But as creators, we should be considering and having that on the forefront again, as we're creating, um, to give the option to the audience, to the consumer, um, if they wanna use the captions and if they need the captions without doing the runaround. Uh, I've had to do the runaround to use third-party software and that, you know, and that's money. And that's a whole nother conversation is the financial barrier um, that the, to, to communication or just something that which should be so, um, 
I mean, communication, right? Communication is something that, and everyone should have access to communication. So again, thinking of it from that human perspective, and again, I guess this is where my advocacy comes from, but really from that human perspective of anyone, even a person with disability that really can't see it, but has a screen reader to assist them to consume it, um, you know, are we considering them too? So um, but captions, again, for the hearing impaired that can't hear your content and have that available, even if it's an auditory or, again, providing a full transcript is so important, giving them the option of how they want to consume it. And not everyone with this uh, disability has the same disability, right? There's so many different levels of impairment of the hearing or a visual impairment. I mean, it's just so diverse in itself. So the best way is just to make sure you're having options for them to consume it, whether it's auditory or through reading it. So, and yeah. And, and kind of to the point too, I like what you talked about that even uh, people with accessibility needs might have different levels of such, you know, you may have somebody that uh, for example, really does benefit from having both happening simultaneously, one thing to reinforce, you know, mm-hmm. and I think it's really important too, because especially when we think of podcasting, we think of it as a very auditory medium, right? Something that you're yeah. listening to. Um, but I think that the podcasting community, especially in 2022 of the time of this broadcast is starting to see, you know, there are people that like us who have the Podbean podcast app where transcripts and uh, subtitles can run right on the uh, listen back experience in the app. Apple Podcasts has transcripts that you can search. Uh, there's a lot of different needs that are now being spoken to and about and are being integrated with these different technologies that might not have uh, thought about it before because the medium is such uh, more audio based. But it's it's important too, like you said too, because you're talking about the different ways of communication. You're talking about Um, sometimes a financial barrier of communication also. Um, One thing I've really liked as it comes to mobile devices, and I always talk about mobile devices, I have a bit of a background with uh, being a technician for those in my previous life. But with those, it's like every time you start seeing new updates come out, I think a lot, especially Apple, is really good with saying, okay, cool, like you had text messaging, now you have this, now you have this. Um, Just the other day, I went to send a text message to somebody and there was an option to translate what they sent back. And I'm sitting there going, that's built right into the phone. And it's 2022, something like that. When we think about uh, inclusivity, we can also think about different cultures. It doesn't just have to be uh, for those with accessibility needs. It can also right. be for those that- you know, Oh yeah, language. And things like that, that are now built into mobile devices, I think is an, is absolutely just, it's, it's a marvel to see that. And then some closed caption services will say, you know what, we'll try to take that and we'll try to translate it too. So everybody's trying, there's all this AI going on, but it's like, it's not just one step. It's not just one piece of it where people are just like, okay, cool. We have to try to focus on this. It's everybody's going, well, what if we did this? And what if we then in this technology that you currently have are able to do this? Oh, now we have the ability to, it's just really cool to see all of that going. And like you said, with, um, with the transcripts here, it's because the subtitle, sorry, it's becoming such a way that people can have more people find out about their podcast. And also they can create that experience for all people to be involved. It follows into uh, the next question we have here too. A lot of podcasts have started to offer listeners in addition to subtitles, 
transcripts. In our service, we call the closed caption service what you would say is a subtitles, but we also have it as a transcription service, right? So it's kind of like there's a little bit of a gray area because it serves a similar need. But what are the benefits of offering a full transcript for your show's episodes? Oh my goodness. Listen, I love full transcripts. Um, so I'll just start with, uh, because Zoom, everybody knows Zoom, and I think that's very like, and that this is a good example of how they've included it. Sure. Um, and now I just love the transcripts when I'm in the Zoom room and they have it and I click it and it's like, now I can follow the conversation a little bit better. Right. I can, if I lost something, if my brain gets all squirrely, um, you know, again, so different disabilities right there, whether it's uh, uh, neurodiversity that we may share, right? Um, and we need to, oh gosh, you know, I need to go back and reread that or rehear that, or how can I go back, replay that, go back 10 seconds, speed it up, slow it down. Just all those options. Uh, I think that sometimes, and you know, to not to, to also say that when something new comes like that on our phone or the newest update and includes this accessibility feature, we get excited. We see the benefit in ourselves. We probably right. never would have said, oh, I, I need that. But when it's there, you're like, wow, I really love this. I can use this. This is great. Right. So, um, you know, even in those things, like we don't realize that that was, you know, has a very specific purpose, but it's so useful to everyone. <laughs> So again, it goes back to those files and those SRT files and those transcripts they are so useful for so much. Uh, you don't have to, you can put them through other software, you can do other things with them, you can offer them, you can copy paste them, uh, just to have that available rather than just an audio only that it's just, um, it can be picked apart a little bit, like you can really use it for other multi-purpose and repurpose things like that. Um, and then and then also just to talk about real quick, because we yeah. said that we were going to bring up SRT a little bit later. Um, for those yeah. who are unaware, SRT files are the subrip files that basically are the subtitles or the transcripts of your podcast. They actually have uh, timestamp information in yes. them too. So that if you're running right. it through something on like YouTube, for example, or you're running it through Podbean and you know your podcast has the subtitles, um, it's going to line up exactly with the words that are being spoken or the video that's being played back. And there's a variety of different software that yes. gives you the capability. Like even our service gives you the ability yeah. to have that baked in. You can download those as TXT or SRT files to use in other places. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can get access to SRT files. So I just wanted to kind of put that little underline under the whole SRT conversation that we're having here. Yeah. Um, you just reminded me of something. If your software offers it, grab it download it download the video file the audio file the srt file right get the mp3 the mp4 the srt like save them all put them on your external put them on your wherever you store your stuff grab it keep it because it's going to be useful it's going to be helpful uh you know you go back now and all those audio podcasts i might have to take those audios and run them through some software and find some art get the right get the srt files and then upload them back into now because softwares or, uh, you know, like we're changing help me here. We're <laughs> the evolution, yes, excuse me, the evolution of us creating. Yeah. Right. And so now we're like, uh Oh, so we don't want to do that. So you just want to have it. You want to be able to submit it, enter it. Um, and some places don't offer it yet, which is sad. Um, 
So I'm hoping that some of those softwares do really start providing you an SRT file when you record something and you have like this, like we record our um, interview today and it'll give you your speaker files. Hopefully you get your speaker one and your speaker two. And so sometimes you get both files, one for each speaker. I mean, you really can go deep. <laughs> and and then you start to realize like, wow, how important. You copy paste your transcript file and put it over here in your video editor or whatever. You, I mean, it's just become so useful and helpful. And you can use that for presentations, workshops. Um, you know, it, it gives you, it might even give you, what do you call those? Testimonials. Like you just yep. never know what you can catch in the chat or in those kind of files and say, wow, you know, I never, I missed that, right? I was so busy producing, creating in the interview. I missed that. And that's a really great point. It gives you an idea. It pushes it forward into more creating. You gather information, data, analysis. Like there's just so much we can do. So uh let's talk and i wanted to say when i know i get so excited about this i wanted to say and this goes back to part or previous part of the interview is when we have those files the metadata like all that data that we're now adding into to the seo that they can find that google will be like ah text files i can read yep. those yeah. i can't read a video file i can't read an audio file but it's a text file it will bot spiders everything will come crawling all over it so you've just increased your searchability, right? I mean, it maybe not have been intentional and you didn't really think about it. And, but if you realize like, wow, me just doing it here and putting it over there, it might create your uh, exposure, your audience grows, you, you get more, I mean, more leads, you get more, uh, what is that inbound? Like people find your uh, website a little bit more, your oh. program or your series or your podcast, like, so it's, it just continues and you don't even realize it. So I guess that's what I wanted to say earlier before I said it, because I said it now. But I think it's a really important point, too, because with all of these different ways uh, that we're talking about accessibility, they open up way more ways, like you said, for searchability and creativity. And for anyone who hasn't tried this yet with their podcast, go to Apple Podcasts and type in if you have transcripts or even just if you have something that you want to search. Just try typing in like half of a sentence or part of a sentence and you'll see podcasts that come up with a title and or maybe a description. Yeah, but then you'll see this quotation marks for some of them where these podcasts have, uh, let's say, said that line or something close to it in there. So it's one of these things that not just from an accessibility side, but from a content creator standpoint, the business side, exactly the utilization and the awareness of creating a more inclusive environment has also given content creators a way to be more creative, create more content and be able be to ahead. be discovered a little bit more, which I think is such a huge benefit. And it actually, uh, I want to talk about something here because this, it kind of speaks to a little bit and i i use these segues a little bit mainly because i think it's important for us to kind of see where we're going in the conversation but let's say you're searching a transcript or let's say something comes up um there's a lot of different content out there both video podcasts and some things that might not be proper for a certain audience let's say um so we're going to talk a little bit about trigger warnings because this is something that we've talked about and heard from a different uh, podcasters, and there's some different opinions on where to draw the line. Uh, for example, if your episode uh, is for kids or has triggering content or 
is genre specific. Uh, I myself, I am a fan of the horror genre. So obviously some of the content that might be in some of those podcasts might not be suitable for all audiences, right? Correct. Um, So there's a lot of different content and a lot of different ideas as to how we should approach trigger warnings. And I think that this could be part of it. Um, What have you experienced in regard to trigger warnings and how is it best to go into incorporating them on your podcast? Wow, great question and another question that I get super excited about. So here we go. (laughs) Um, Yeah, trigger warning. So full disclosure, I use them in mine. Uh, Every episode, I go ahead, I give a verbal trigger warning. I also have one on my card, my video card. I have one on the front cover, the art cover has a little trigger warning, discretion, because I talk about mental health, disability, trauma. We talk about suicide. We can talk about substance abuse and go in depth. We can talk about regular, like abuse, abuse, right? Uh, Sexual abuse. We can talk about all these different things and put that. And so I always add my trigger warning. My show is just not your, you know, lighthearted kind of topics, but they're hard topics presented in a hopefully relatable, safe way. And I think safety and that trigger warning kind of lets people know, hey, this might be a little tough, a little it might trigger you, might give you kind of like some feelings. <laughs> um, but if you want to go ahead, go ahead, right? Like, again, you're giving them the option. Um, there's been times where I, I don't like, I don't like dark things in the sense where I don't like, like, I mean, I don't, I don't mind horror movies in this. Sure. Like, that's fine. And I like, like, music, dark music and stuff like that. But, but sometimes it's just hard, right? So, given the times we're in and not to get into politics or anything too deep, but given the times we're in, um, you know, people are going through a lot. And so the trigger warnings really help. Like, I just think right now it's a sense of compassion, a sense of kindness. And I don't know if that's kind of cheesy or not, but given from the perspective and the approach and from the advocacy standpoint, I always want to encourage trigger warnings. I've had to tell friends like, Hey, you know, you wanted me to listen to that audible. That was a little, that was a little dark. That was a little deep. Like, you could have gave me a trigger warning. Like there was just like a lot and and it would have been easy. So, you know, I ha- often feel like, you know, if it triggers me, um, I'll just, you know, and that's, I think as a creator, you want to know, right? Like you want to know, is this stuff triggering and, you know, how can I alleviate? You don't want to turn people off either, right? Like nobody wants to turn someone off. So you think of it that way. Would this turn somebody off? I want to, you know, who you're speaking to, you know, who you, you're consumers are, your audience, your, who you want to, you know, attract, but you don't want to offend. And I don't think anybody wants to offend or make anyone uncomfortable. And that's not the purpose of what they're doing. Right. So in horror or in gore or in all that stuff, it is for entertainment. Right. So we get that right. Yeah. This is for entertainment purposes, but yeah, it might trigger you. Like you don't know what someone's been through. Um, so for me, I just think it's more of a kindness, compassion thing. It's a, a respect thing in the sense, you know, um, and just giving the listener or the consumer just that option to if they want to proceed or not. And and it doesn't have to, again, it doesn't take a lot, right? It's just like, right. a bloop, here it is. It might trigger you. It might not. And I always say these are our opinions. This is just our experiences and we move on to it, right? And I guess it just depends on the content you're creating at that point. So I really shouldn't speak much more to the how-tos. I can speak to my how-to, you know, whether it's on the 
backend offering resources, um, you know, or offering it in your in your uh, information that you're providing for your podcast in there, like this conversation talked about this, but here's some resources. Even if you don't verbalize it in your podcast, you know, maybe you have those wonderful crime ones that those podcasts that are just so fun. Uh, but, you know, you might want to say, hey, I don't know. Again, that that's up to the creator. Certainly. But just the warning in itself, I think it just gives the listener the option. Um, and it's a respect thing or just to kind of yeah i don't know i hope that answers the question because I, I i i'm for it i'm for it <laughs> it definitely does and i think that you know i i like to use movies as an example and especially yeah. hard because you know i and i've talked to some of my coworkers about this i yeah. can handle some pretty like heavy and crazy horror movies you know like i can sure. personally i can go down that road um when it comes to things that are happening in the real world it's very different because obviously like it's a different thing but um yeah you know when you think about different ratings even like the rating systems that we use for movies yeah. and things, it, it's Video very games. It, yeah it, it's very broad like something has to really sit a hundred percent in one of the top like you know hyper categories in order for it to get the highest rating of like an MA or something like that. Mm -hmm. but there are things that even sit in like a TV 14 or even a PG 13 kind of setting that can kind of skirt like, well, we talk, we say this once and we do this thing once. So we technically fit here, but this is in the same kind of vein. Yeah. As hundreds of other pieces of content that actually don't have anything to do with any horror related, gruesome or uh, tough content, you know, and especially when our audience isn't just let's say adults, you're talking about kids, you're talking about yeah. adults, you're talking about teenagers, you're talking about a wide gamut of things. And content creators also sometimes when what they talk about is one topic, they will, you know, in lack of a better term, they will go in between different interests. Like in, there, there was a case years ago where, you know, for example, like YouTube now has the YouTube for kids section and it has to meet all of these conditions. But if you're somebody that does uh, content that's geared towards adults, but you have SpongeBob in there, someone can go and, you know, see your content that has SpongeBob and everything else is not about it, you know? So it's one of these things where it's it's kind of a balancing act between how much yeah. do you give away about your content up front to make the content you're creating as inclusive and how much gives too much of the plot away. I think that for a oh, lot yeah. of content creation, you can usually give a lot away. You know, um, but I think that more and more you're seeing podcast content creators be really conscious of that. Hey, here are some of the uh, more of the specifics as to what's mm -hmm. happening. Even you see it on Netflix, like this is rated whatever it is, but here's X, Y, Z, A, B, C that kind of happens in it. And it's very broad, you know, but I think the more content comes out and the more artistic freedom people get the more they're seeing, okay, cool. We have to be a little bit more specific here. They're a little bit more specific. Sure. Okay. Like there's this kind of audience in the movie. What happens to this audience? Okay. Maybe we put that, you know, like, I think that's, mm -hmm. it's huge. And it's coming at, I think, in a time where there's so much content coming out that content creators are trying to figure out, okay, cool. How can we give as much as possible to make it inclusive, but how can we not give the whole plot away? Oh, of course, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. It's so, uh, you're right on, right on. Yeah, like, we don't, I don't want to censor, right? I don't want to be censored. Nobody wants to be censored, right? Totally. But we have to 
be responsible for what we're creating and how we're creating it. Right. And I love and that too about the responsibility because the responsibility, again, like when we are creative people and we have so many tools at our disposal, I think a lot of times that gets lost. You know, a lot of times it gets like, well, I am a person who can just put out the thing, right? It's just such a broad statement. But like you said, there is a responsibility, but not just from accessibility, but also saying, well, I'm the person behind who's putting this out. So I have to be responsible for different levels of what could happen and being able to use like what we talked about earlier with the, um, the visual cues and talking about the trigger warnings. Again, these are just ways to make it a better environment. Right. Safer area. Um, people know what to expect to a certain degree. Um, it empowers the consumer to kind of get through your content the way they feel most comfortable. Right. <laughs> um, giving them options to go different places to get whatever they need and keeping it simple. I like to talk about, you know, nobody wants to jump five, five clicks, five hoops to get somewhere. Right. So just keeping everything really nice, clean, simple. One thing we didn't talk about, and as podcasters, is our language, maybe slowing down our language, maybe understanding those cognitive differences that we share. And that maybe goes back to storytelling. But again, that's accessibility in itself. Maybe if we start to understand our own languages, what we're saying, how we're saying, and that goes to responsibility as a content creator. And I've talked about this too. We just haven't talked about it yet in this podcast. Right. <laughs> but um, I do always kind of say, you know, we're we're in charge of what we're doing and how we're doing it, what we're presenting. And um, you shouldn't put it on someone else to kind of be, put it on them to kind of deal with it, right? So if the trigger warning wasn't there and now they're dealing with the, oh God, that caught me off guard. I didn't like that. That didn't, right. I'm turned off and I'm moving on. Um, and, or if they can't hear it or see it, right? Or if the language, right? Like they can't really like understand it or um, it's so, it's just so important. I guess I think it just to be the way we do things and we have to take ownership. We have to be responsible with what we create and what we're putting out there certainly it really falls on nobody else right and to, and, and to put it on someone else that is again struggling i guess or having a difficult time with your stuff like right know. absolutely and i think again like when we do talk about especially in podcasting where there is such a there, there is a low financial point of entry with a lot of people. You know, you can start a phone or you can start a phone. You can start a podcast right from your phone. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I think when that comes, a lot of people just go, oh, I want to create today. Here we go. Um, it's less like you said, more of the it's less of the consideration, which is starting to take a great turn towards people thinking about more of that before they hit the record and publish buttons. Um, but it's exactly like you said, it's kind of like this culture shift it's more of okay now that you're putting stuff out everybody can do it or a lot of people can do it so in that way what can we do as content creators to make sure that we're creating the best environment instead of just hitting record and then like you said telling people just to kind of deal with it like okay, <laughs> this, is, this is what i'm putting out there i mean you didn't say it as bluntly but i did right yeah so. yeah yeah no but you're picking up what i'm putting down <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm putting out the content. So now you got to deal with what I'm doing. No, it has to be the opposite. This is the content I'm putting out. Um, it's designed for this audience. And here's what we can do to make it 
a little bit easier for you to digest and just kind of give you the heads up as to what's going on. Um, the, the last thing we're going to talk about here is really just about the visualization of the industry and where we're going, the broad industry of creators, right? Um, as the industry changes and grows at such a rapid pace, what are some trends that you see that may be in our future as the industry and technology evolve? And what can we do to make sure our podcast remain inclusive and accessible for all audiences? It's kind of like a nice little bow on top of the whole thing, even though this whole conversation, I think we really opened up a lot of, uh, of opportunities for people. Yeah, no, I mean, I think everything we shared are are valid ways, really important ways that we can start now. We can start changing, considering what we're doing. Um, and I always like to, you know, say, and I heard this from somewhere else, so it's not mine to keep, but it's progress, right? Over perfection. So the little steps that we're taking, the habits that we're forming, doing it on the front end, and then knowing, right? Once the process is in place, the process is in place. Right. Once you've gotten, you know how to get that SRT file, once you've hit the record and you know you're going to be able to get it and you know what, you know, saving it, doing with it, moving forward, you get that visual descriptor down. Now you can help your guest. You've got your sense of uh, tools. You know what's in your toolbox. You know what you're working with. You know how you can begin to accommodate your guest or your listener or your audience, you start to become more familiar with the software and you it's just like anything else, it speeds up. Like it's not going to take as long. Right. Eventually you're, it's going to just become kind of second nature and you're going to be like, yeah. And then, you know, again, it's putting us on the forefront. It's putting us on the, oh, okay. Like these podcasters, these uh, creators are really like accessible and are really like on the forefront of how, you know, what, they know what's up. They know how to be inclusive. They're setting the example. And I think part of what we do as creators, whether it's podcasters sharing information, um, entertainment, but we're also like, there's a leadership in there. There is a sense of you are a leader, you are an influencer in some capacity, and you have to accept that. And again, it goes back to responsibility, but you're taking that, you're taking what that medium you've chosen to, to create what, and you've put so much into it. I mean, this is just uh a really great way to push yourself forward to make your brand that much more accessible to everyone that much more uh respectable and a quality right like higher quality so who doesn't want those things and then all the things that we kind of talked about that fall into play once we start implementing some of those accessibility practices that you start to get maybe more searchability on this end, or you've got some new leads, or you've got some new listeners, some new fans, because now they can access your content and they really enjoy what you're putting out. Because if you're talking about, we're gonna loop this back to a sport or something like that. I mean, people with all kinds of backgrounds may like sports. So you want that sports podcast to be accessible to all the listeners so they can consume your amazing sports podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because I think a lot of people, you know, it, it kind of goes into a variety of camps, right? Someone yeah. that's starting a podcast now, I think has all of these resources available, you know, to search out or yeah. with the that a lot of these companies now exist. Um, come, uh, you know, podcasts that may have started at the advent of podcasting, you know, they may have just been like, okay, cool. Here's the content. 
And over time, they're making these small little adjustments. But there's always that little growing point, right, where it's kind of like uh, what I call the awkward hair, right? So I, you know, if you have like that kind of haircut, you're like, I want to grow my hair out. But there's this little point where it's just, no, like this isn't going to work for me. I'm going to wear a hat for six months. Like there's that haircut where you make the decision of either I'm going to keep my hair short or I'm just going to grow it out. And I think sometimes podcasters get caught in that hot, that awkward hair moment and they're like, okay, now I got to do this and now it's just more work. And then that either A, they go, you know what, let's do it. Or B, they kind of go back in the other direction saying, what I'm doing is fine for now. Um, it's working for me. And sometimes that it's working for me, it's like, well, I'm getting something, but without taking the steps to go further, you don't, you're losing out on a potential audience. You're losing out on potential people that you could be bringing into that space. And I think that, you know, going forward now, people have way more access to those tools to create that more inclusive environment. So for me, it's really exciting to see that, you know, we're kind of getting out of that awkward hair phase of that creator community. Yes. Uh, yes, yes. And so, yes, I think it's fantastic. Now more people are understanding that that kind of mindset of I'll do it later or I'll get to it some other time is really what has kind of, I don't want to say anything too offensive, but separates, continues to separate. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, And it is, it is time consuming and it is intimidating. Gosh, all those things are so true. Like, where do I start? But now there's people like us, right, that are starting to say, hmm, okay, if I can do it, I can help my friend do it. We can all start doing it. Then we can help the next person do it. And it's just that easy, like, oh, it's just a visual descriptor, right? Like, literally, it was only like five, 10 seconds to kind of create that and do that throughout that plot line and really start to, and you start to realize how easy it becomes. It's, again, going back to that. But that mindset of oh well yeah and just turning that blind eye gosh that's terrible but really that's what we're doing we're neglecting that and for so long it's happened um but we it can no longer happen that's what we're saying is like you can't keep doing that and now there's people to help you people like me people that want to be like part of that forward progress into being more inclusive and diverse and having um you know, um, just really upping their brand and what they're doing, their organization, their business, just saying, okay, you know, it's really worth it. Like it really is important, but you have to kind of, like you said, make that commitment. Like you have to lean into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that I'm, I'm grateful for where we are. And I know that we're all grateful for where we are with seeing that now there are so many ways and people like yourself that are able to bring that to the forefront. Um, before we end our interview here, I want to give you the opportunity to tell people where they can find you and where they can see and hear and experience more of your content. Oh, wow, John. Thank you. Okay. So just where you can find me. I love LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of my favorite platforms. You can find a lot of my, uh, stuff there. YouTube. I'm on definitely on YouTube. Silver Fox Talks is my handle. I'm on Twitch. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Meta. I mean, I'm on all the platforms. 
um, when it comes to like my content, Instagram, I think, I'm, you know, aren't we all everywhere? I think so. I don't really do TikTok. I don't really do TikToks, but I'm kind of down with those reels because I love music. So I'm like, oh. But you just did the little dance. So now that's going to become a GIF. So yeah. So we'll see. Oh, great. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait to see what comes out of this interview. <laughs> I'm sure it's been a wild one. <laughs> Well, thank you so much again for making the time to chat with us. There's a lot of really cool content here for people. I think we also gave a variety of resources, but what I'll ask you to do also is um, post broadcast here. If you'd like to send over any resources too, please, we'll put them in the description for people too. And I want to thank our audience here for listening and watching this episode of Podcasting Smarter. Uh, if you're looking at us over on YouTube or you're subscribed over to us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're checking us out, please feel free to subscribe. We have a lot of great content and a lot of great interviewees coming and a lot of great things that really showcase how great the podcasting community can be. Um, if you are checking us out over on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, please go ahead and follow us there. We got a lot of great content, a lot of uh, really cool things that we're posting over there. And as always, if you're looking to start a podcast, you can check us out at www.podbean.com. P-O-D-B-A-N. Starting a podcast has never been easier. And thank you so much, DJ, for making the time to chat with us today. You got it. Absolutely, John. <laughs>